Welcome back to the Jiu-Jitsu Oracle. I'm Ross, that's Callum. There are about 1 million grappling matches on this weekend at the last count. So we are going to do our best to help navigate your way through them all. On this episode, we're going to look at the IBJJF Grand Prix that takes place on Thursday in California. And we're going to have a look at the first South American ADCC trials in Belo Horizonte. Then we'll be back on Friday or Saturday with a review of the IBGGF Grand Prix and we'll start touching on some of the other grappling events that are happening this weekend including ADXC and Grapple Fest and AIGA and probably a lot more that I've Fight Pass, I think, as well. UFC Fight Pass on Sunday. That's a big one. So, first things first. IBJF Grand Prix, Thursday night, US time. There's an eight-man bracket that is the centerpiece of the event. Callum, give us some insight into the bracket. Yeah, so eight-man absolute tournament. We've had the bracket released, so we're seeing at least the first matches. Um Everyone in that division is really good. Definitely anyone on their day could have some upsets and wins, but I think uh, the number one seed is definitely Kainan Duarte. Obviously, coming off of a loss in one of his last high-profile matches against Nicholas Merigali, but it's still definitely one of the top guys in the world, period, um, in the higher weight classes and absolute. So he's got Heiss and Rita first round. Um Usually when they structure these things, they'll tend to seed the guys and put the number one guy with the number eight guy. I do think Heisim, definitely very dangerous, can definitely beat any of these guys on his day. But I do think he's one of the lower rated guys, just a uh, schedule of work, the guys he's competed against versus Kynan. So yeah, that's going to be the first match. Definitely see Kynan getting through that. But like I say, if Kynan leaves anything out, which we've seen in the past, sometimes he leaves his leg hanging out. Um... Or maybe an arm. I think Heisman's definitely the guy to capitalise on that. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, you've highlighted before, it's often the case of which Kynan shows up. Um, this is a match where I'd expect them to be focused because he knows the athletic threat that Heisman Rida could provide. Um, and it's probably a good first match for Kynan to get because often the first match and the last match are the trickiest in any bracket. Yep. Um, but I, I would favour Kynan to win just by being a unit and having very good jiu-jitsu. Yeah. So. Good on top, good on bottom, good stand-up, quite comfortable to go wherever he really needs to go in the match. And once he starts bearing weight on people, yeah, they usually start to suffer a bit, you know, mid to late match. So I think... That side of the bracket, favourite kind to come through. Who else do we have on that side, Callum? Yeah, so the other um, first-round match is Dante Leon versus Elder Cruz, which is another interesting one. Really cool that we see Dante jumping about all these different weight classes. Uh, I think we've seen him compete at heavyweight, super heavyweight in some of the IBGGF comps, and then more recently we've seen him cut down to 7A to fight some of the smaller guys, which is great to see that he's not just getting complacent fighting the same guys in his division. So... Um, these guys are usually separated by one ADCC weight class, which is still quite a big uh, amount, especially because I presume Elder's uh, cutting down to AA and Dante can obviously make 70 kilos. So there will be quite a big uh, size difference. Usually we see Dante quite happy to 
wrestling as matches i think we'll probably see him full guard in this one just because of the size differences and as well elder is definitely one of the better wrestlers in his weight class so be cool to see Danny's guard against someone like Elder, see if he can get to his ex-guard wrestle up from there and look to potentially score from there. You mentioned ex-guard. Do you think that would be a good guard to employ when you're giving away some weight? Yeah, definitely. It's definitely my go-to in the gym when I'm spotting some of the bigger guys. It's uh, You're pretty much in a position where you're leg pressing, which is, I think, everyone's strongest movement. I think everyone can leg press a fairly decent amount. So yeah, when you get to ex-guard and you've got your feet on the guy, you can leg press away becomes a lot easier to get their weight off of you and get up on top. Out of those four gents, who are you favouring to come through? I'd say probably Kynan and Elder. Um, Kynan, definitely the favourite in the whole division, I would say. Um, and then Elder as well. He's got the got the weight advantage. Pretty solid overall game, wrestling, top game. So I think it'll be hard for Dante to score. I'm not saying he can't do it. He definitely can, but I definitely favour Elder in that match. I fancy the same and kind of to come through and then we're into the other side of the bracket Callum who do we have there yeah so we've got uh, Giancarlo Bodoni um, against uh, Patrick Gaudio so Patrick again kind of his last high profile match was against Gordon obviously not very competitive but not very matches against Gordon or so be interesting to see how that match goes I think uh, Giancarlo as well similar to Kynan like on his day he can beat like pretty much anyone in the world it just depends what Giancarlo shows up so he could definitely win this whole division I think um, and definitely that side of the bracket it just depends how the matchups go for him and who shows up but I think Patrick's obviously got some size of him very seasoned competitor so he can definitely come out of winning this match as well and um, be interesting to see as well with the size difference Giancarlo's obviously very good on the feet it'll be interesting to see whether he elects to stand up with Patrick or he looks to pull guard and sweep from there are you leaning to one side? Uh, I'll go with Giancarlo on his good day getting through that match. I think Giancarlo probably has more submission threat ways yeah. to win. Um, so if he's if he's on form from the start, um, I think like the threat of the legs, of getting on the back, of maybe wrestling to get to the back might be uh, might be too much for Patrick. But it's it's a it's a match because Giancarlo's not like you said necessarily always on it flying out the traps in every single match it's a match that um, has the chance of going either way I just think Bedoni's probably got more in his arsenal and then the second match on that side of the bracket who have we got? So we've got uh, Roosevelt Souza versus Pedro Rocha um, getting two really big guys it's an absolute division so going to get some of these guys in the division both really good I think probably favour Roosevelt in that match he's looked really good really on form in ADCCs and IBGGFs the last couple of years so um, I think I favour him to get through that match and then that'll be a really interesting match against the other side of that bracket uh, or the other match in that side of the bracket Giancarlo or Patrick Gaudio Do you have a preference out of the four for who might get to the final? Um, I think again it's quite hard with Sean Carlo it depends kind of who shows up and how he performs but if you're going for like a safe bet consistency I might actually go for Roosevelt Souza just for the size overall game you know good positional game quite dangerous as well with some submissions so yeah probably him yeah so Roosevelt against Kynan final definitely 
high potential based on the size and skill of them both. Yeah. But particularly the size in an absolute Grand Prix. I just probably would like to see Bedoni come through because I think it would be a better final. Yeah. Him against Kynan. I think I think Roosevelt against Kynan um might be pretty one paced, you know, a lot on the feet, no one really wanting to concede bottom position. Whereas I think Bedoni would go after Kynan and try and submit him, particularly on the legs. Yeah, and I think they had a match, I think their last match was um potentially on a who's number one before John Carlos breakout at the last ADCC and I don't think it was uh, I think it was quite competitive so obviously John Carlos gotten a lot better since then so if that John Carlos that showed up at ADCC shows up at that event it'll be a really good match to see so yeah I'm, I'm the same hopefully we do get to see that match in the final okay so I'd recommend that you follow Flow Grappling and follow the IBGF on Instagram and if you're not gonna watch the whole event at least you'll see a lot of the major clips etc that, that come out of it yeah some matches might get uploaded to youtube fairly quickly after as well yeah and i think part part of like the the point of us doing this show is to give our thoughts on on the matches um based on the fact that we watch a lot and we have a lot of opinions about jiu-jitsu but it's also like to help people who maybe don't like the names don't jump out at them in every big event to start like dipping their toes in the water of watching competitive grappling and um, so with as well as the eight-man tourney there's some super fights on the undercard and i think all three of these are definitely worth watching and definitely have a good chance of seeing some exciting action in them and um, first one we'll touch on is Cade Rotolo against Nathan Chung. Cade's first match in the gi at Black Belt, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, so I think his last match uh, in the gi was actually against his brother, Ty, and they both competed at Gi Worlds. Um, it was a match that Cade was actually um, dominating the, the most of it, and I think Ty caught him quite late in the match. Um, and then Ty went on to compete Black Belt Gi Worlds, um, got silver, but then ended up getting gold because obviously Mika popped for uh, steroid abuse. So yeah, it's Cade's actual first time competing at Black Belt, even though his brother has. So it'll be interesting to see. Quite impressed with, obviously they're different people, but they've got very similar games. So when we're speaking about Cade, we can somewhat go off of uh, off of Ty's game and Ty's performances. So Ty competed at lightweight Gi Worlds. Um, not the last time, but the time before that. Um, looked really impressive. It was cool to see him against very gi-heavy opponents like uh, Levi Jones-Leary um, and Jonathan Alves, who have got very kind of gi-orientated games. He was managing to come through those matches and winning. And I think his wrestling ability really shined through on that, as well as his just relentless passing, eventually breaking guys like Levi. So it'll be interesting to see if Cade can do the same against Nathan, who's a very gi-orientated player and likes to play a lot of guard in the gi and use a lot of double sleeves and stuff like that. So that'll be interesting to see. Just before we move on, I'll just go back over that phrase, pop for steroid abuse. I, I'll say he was offered a drug suspension, which son yeah. have to take some time out of the sport. I just don't know exactly what it was that um, he essentially, Mika is the heat, uh, failed for. So I just want to yeah. clarify. It was potentially some sort of uh, TRT or steroid, but yeah. We'll, we'll just clarify that uh, off the back of his uh, 
gold medal winning run at the Gi World where he came first, Ty came second. Mika's uh, title was taken from him because of some sort of uh, drug test failure. Yeah. I think that's safe ground. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, and yeah, Cade against Ty was at brown belt and now we've got Cade at black belt. Um, we referenced a match on a couple of podcasts ago, Cade against Tommy Langacker. And it wasn't on uh a easy to watch platform, I think. It was it was on a it was on a match where you've got all sorts of martial arts and combat sports taking place. So didn't actually watch the match at the time. But like you said, subsequently these things get uploaded to YouTube. Have you seen the match since it's going up on no, YouTube? No. I watched the match. Super impressive from Cade. Just like constant threat of attack the whole time. Uh much more decisive than the first time he played uh, Tommy. And his just his ability to transition between um, different areas of the body and retain an attack and threat, you know, seeing crucifixes in the nogi, things like that. It's just like, it was so fluid. It was so amazing. I was like, where that was uploaded only to. Yeah. Uh, so anyone who's not seen it, have a look. It's on YouTube. It was on one, I think. Um, definitely worth seeing. He looked super impressive. I would say he's, if he's anywhere near that kind of form, it would favour him in this match. And great to see him back in the gi again. Yeah, like we've spoken about in some of the recent ones, we've spoken a lot about the gi guys jumping out of no gi. Obviously, Cade has trained the gi his whole life, so it's not strictly true to say that he's just a no gi guy, but it's definitely his focus these days. I don't know how much he's training in the gi, but yeah, it's always cool to see the opposite of the no gi guys jumping into the gi, giving that a go as well. Um, okay, two more super fights, Callum. What else do we have coming up? Yes, we've also got uh, Andy Murasaki versus Mateus Luna. Um, always like seeing Andy compete, like we've spoken about before. Um, definitely right up there. It's just he's got some very dominant champions in this division. That's why he's not been able to break through something like the Gi Worlds. But yeah, aside from that, he's, he's definitely one of the top guys. I think he's a heavy favourite in this match. Um, yeah, just very good passing, very good guard. I'm sure he's going to be able to get on top, get to his passing positions and dominate, I think. Yeah, we mentioned Andy before on the podcast and said that we love seeing his top game for someone who's in the lighter weight classes. So if we get to see that again, I will no doubt very much enjoy watching it. I'd favour him to be on top and be able to pass and uh, pick up the win. And talking of someone who will most likely get to top, get a pass and pick up the win, who else do we have? Yes, we've also got... uh... Tynan Dalpra versus Mauricio Oliveira. So, um, again, always great to see Tynan compete. Uh, don't know how competitive this match is going to be. Nothing against Mauricio, but it's just in general, there's very few guys in the world that can give Tynan a competitive match. But nonetheless, always good to see a display of Tynan's jiu-jitsu. Maybe he'll be working on some new stuff that we'll get to see. If not, just his classic game is pretty, pretty good to watch anyway. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Even if you're not into like who's going to win the match you're not particularly bothered watching Tynan at work is always a pleasure to see what jiu-jitsu he's been working on and uh, seeing him make it work against another you know really competitive black belt yeah. so definitely think that it's worth having a look at the match or any clips that come out of it to see Tynan Dalpro whenever he's in action Um, so that's the IBJF Grand Prix on the Thursday Right off the back of that, 
we've got the first South American ADCC trials in Belo Horizonte. We've got these trials on the 2nd. And then on the 9th in Sao Paulo, we have the second trials. So it's always interesting in South America that the trials come so close together. And I think we've identified in the divisions that there's one standout division in the first trials, under 88 male, but there are interesting competitors in the other divisions. So we'll do a bit of a deeper dive into the under 88, just because I think there's more interest there. And then we'll, we'll, we'll touch on the, the other divisions. So let's start 88, Callum. Who do you have your eye on? Yes, I think the, there are some good guys in the division, but I think the clear favourite is uh, Pedro Mourinho. So Pedro... He's not had the best success in ADCC. He's gotten to ADCC a couple of times, but his performances in ADCC haven't quite lived up to some of his other performances. So in IBGGF, um double gold in Nogi Worlds um, in the Black Belt Division. Um, on who's number one, beat John Corlebadoni, who won his division. He's beat Craig Jones on who's number one. So he's won some really high-level matches. He's just not quite lived up to that at ADCC, which is odd because it's quite a good rule set for his game he's very good wrestling and um, very good subs off of people um, shooting in on him with the guillotines and stuff so I uh, definitely think he's the clear favourite in that division um, yeah I'd like to double check how he has lost in the ADCC but I tend to think that his style means that he can get dragged into very close matches yeah and he's maybe losing decisions yeah I think well the last ADCC I think he narrowly beat J-Rod I think it was 3-2 to two. I think he lost his second match can't remember who that was against and then he lost a tie first round in the absolute as well close matches but yeah yeah I tend to think I see him in close matches a lot of time but he's not necessarily blowing people out the water but then on the other side he's not getting yeah and ADCC matches can be so grueling as well and um, quite long time frames for the matches so yeah, if you're that kind of guy that's having to win those kind of grinded out matches, maybe you can win one or two. But if you go against a guy on the other side of the bracket that's getting quick wins, he's going to have a big advantage as far as energy. Yeah, and I think that's especially the case at the finals when you're against the elite. Yeah. But in a trial set, I think having a game like Pedro, I equate to like a Santeri Lilius in Europe who won the first trials here, able to just wrestle his way standing and on the ground but like I know I'm saying grind because it almost sounds disparaging but I mean it positive yeah grind his way through division um, which was interesting in Europe just I know on that like you had uh, Santeri's like wrestle heavy style to get through the 88 and then on the other side you had Taylor Pierman just submit his way through the division yeah. six for six and I think we saw that previously like Ono Flanagan managed to like uh, score a lot of submissions on his way through. So, eighty-eight seems to be a division where, like, you can have this massive disparity between, like, someone can wrestle their way through the division or someone can sort of submit their way through the division. Pedro Mourinho, I think, is going to wrestle his way through the division. Yeah, I think he could easily win ADCC Worlds just off of the caliber of people he's beaten, like we mentioned, Craig Jones, John Carlo Badoni, double gold, uh, black belt, Nogi World. So. Yeah, hopefully he manages to put it together at Worlds. But I think uh, there's some other good names in the division like we're going to mention, but definitely favourite to win, I would say. Go for it. Who else do we have? Yeah, so as well in that division, uh, we have Gabriel Orges. So Gabriel's made it to ADCC in the past as well. Um, 
obviously very accomplished grappler in the gi and um, won black belt gi worlds a couple times i've um, not seen too much of him on the no gi scene lately but cool to see him jumping back in there he'll be one to watch and yeah. um yes as well we've got Mateus lutz um from marcelo garcia again a guy that when he was competing at brown belt actually seen him on the no gi scene like the super fight scene like a lot back in 2018 19 um, seen him competing like most weekends at uh, these kind of super fight events not seen as much of him lately um kind of fell off the radar a little bit i've seen him obviously doing some of the smaller competitions but he's not really been in the forefront of the big competition scene so yeah he's really good be good to see him competing as well um some smaller names as well achilles rocha um obviously son of wagner rocha he's had some good performances on some shows lately very young as well so these kind of guys even if they haven't been at that level yet it's only a matter of time before kind of a, a switch flicks and then they're at that level so he potentially could give some impressive performances in this division as well would we favor pedro to come through now just a note we're not going to touch on the women's divisions on this podcast because i believe that it's only the second trials that acts as an official qualifier to the final yeah. so that's how it happened in europe um, so, the second trials are on March the 9th. We'll be back with a preview show of that, and then we'll get into the women's divisions there. The heavier men's divisions, we think there's a standout in under 99 and over 99 who are likely to win that division. So, we'll flag them just now, and then we'll get back into the, the lighter divisions, which have some more names of interest who come through and, and win. So, Calm under 99... Who have we penciled in? Yes, we've got Helton Jr. from Czech, Matt. Um, very established veteran competitor. So he was the one name that jumped out to me in that division. Bunch of guys that I'm not really too sure about. So there could be guys that jump out. That's the great thing about trials as well. There's always people coming through that you've not really heard of that put on a good performance. And then you kind of know them from there on out. But yeah, that's the one name that sticks out to me in that division. And then for over 99, it is the same thing. We've got Victor Honorio from GF Team again. Same situation, very seasoned competitor. Good all-round game, very physical. Again, a bunch of guys in that division that I'm not too familiar with, but I'm sure we'll see some guys coming through. As we make the transition towards the lighter weight classes, this is a good time to flag a discussion that we were having earlier. And it's about the change in face of the South American trials. And like you're saying, there's a couple of divisions there where there's a couple of names that stand out and we're not super sure of the guys um, who are also in the bracket so we'll be on the lookout to see who stands out but I think the South American trials are in an interesting place right now and and so do you so do you want to just run over what we were talking about yeah so the trials before last worlds were like really stacked for 66 and 77 and um, saw guys at 66 like Diego Pato and uh, Baby Shark and then we saw guys at 77 like Majid Hage, uh, Roberto Jimenez, Mika Gavao and those guys obviously qualified or uh, were invited that year and then did really well at the Worlds and will then be invited afterwards so seems like the bit of a like generational shift especially in the lighter weight classes like 66 they won um, before last Worlds we saw Tanquinho win that he's retired and before that, we saw Cabrinha. He's also retired. So there was a bit of a generational shift. And I think all those up-and-coming young Brazilian grapplers that we um, are very familiar with qualified at the last one and then did really well at Worlds and will then 
be invited and not need to qualify. So there's maybe why um, we're seeing a bit more unfamiliar names. But again, probably see some guys coming through at Worlds that will again do very well and we'll see some people that we'll get more familiar with. Yeah, I think that's why this trials is interesting. Like you said, the last uh, run of the trials in South America, we already kind of knew of Mika and Baby Shark and these guys and it was like, okay, let's, let's see them in action. And the beauty of the trials is you get to see a lot of them. And uh, Fabrizio as well, another one. Yeah. So they came through, looked amazing, and firmly established themselves at the world level thereafter. So yeah. we're kind of back at that point. You know, looking through the list, there's some names that jump out. But some of the names that are jumping out are slightly, uh, even although they're uh, competing a lot, we'll call them sort of like inexperienced, yeah, less, established. less established at the elite level. So, do you want to start in 66 and tell us who to look out for? Yeah, so one of the names that jumped out to me is uh, Caillou Gabriel from uh, Melky Gavel's gym. So, he kind of jumped onto my radar at the Aiga events. I think he took the under 70 kilo division, or it might have been under 65. One of those divisions um, as well. He's done really well on the IBDGF scene. Um, he's done really well at Brazilian Nationals, no gi competitions like that. Uh, Brown and Black Belt. He had a very good leg lock game, but a good overall positional game as well. So he's definitely one to watch out for. Another guy that jumped onto my radar from Aiga was Felipe Machado. Um, I think he took the under 60 division for the Modelo team and he looked really good overall as well. Very good overall game. Um, great wrestling, great submissions, but I think one thing for him, because he was doing the under 60 kilo division and he's competing at the 66 kilo division, and the last guy I mentioned, Caillou, he was doing the 70 division, so obviously there'll be um, potentially a bit of a, a weight issue for him. I'm sure he probably walks around at 66 kilos and cut, but again, there'll be guys cutting down quite significantly to 66. So yeah, he's definitely one to watch out for. We'll see if the physicality is an issue for him or not. And then one that just recently registered that you brought to my attention. Yeah, Kennedy Maciel, um, who we managed to overlook at the Euros. Yeah. And then he did really well, won his division. Yeah. So we can't overlook him again. I'm going to be a bit boring, uh, and uh, I've written his name down as my favourite for the under six. I think rightly so, based on like what what we've seen of him competitively recently. But Callum's gone for some more exotic names, shall we say, and had his eyes on particularly Ayiga. Interesting to see outside of ADCC events such as Ayiga, given wide exposure to more grapplers. I think. We're going to, I don't want to go too deep into it right now. We're going to come back and preview it. But if you look at the, the trials that are coming up in, in Turkey and the European team that's going into that, you've got some, uh, shall we say, sort of more well-known names, some bigger names, and then some names that we know but are not necessarily known to the wider jiu-jitsu watching public. Yeah. And I think like those events are great to find out who's coming through and who to keep tabs on. Uh, especially going into like any DCC trials. So, yeah. is there anyone else at sixty six you want to touch on? Uh, no, but just going on uh, Kennedy for a little bit. I think interesting that he wasn't invited because last Worlds he got put out first round by Diego Pato, but the Worlds before that he made it to the finals and got silver. So, I don't know what exactly because obviously if you think if you get to the final four, especially medal at the previous um, ADCC, you're pretty much guaranteed an invite if you want it. Um, 
and then obviously he managed to get to the final the one previously to that so i don't know if you know you medal one year and then don't do so well the next year your invites revoked or potentially he wasn't sure if he was going to get an invite and then decided okay i'll just do trials anyway i don't exactly know what the situation with that is but obviously getting silver at worlds i think he is definitely a clear favorite in this division even though there's some emerging guys coming through that could disrupt the division a little bit and like you suggested we don't know if kennedy has been signed up for that long because like he wasn't necessarily on your radar having yeah. through the bracket and then I looked through the bracket and said oh Kennedy's competing so yeah, um, yeah if he's if he's there um, he would be favoured to go deep in the division and it'll be interesting to see like if he if he does make it to the final who he ends up against is it going to be one of these emerging talents that we've seen come through the Aiga teams uh, last division for us today under 77 Callum who have you got as a favourite uh, there's a couple guys that stood out to me. So one of them was uh, Rene Souza um, from Tenth Planet. We've seen him. We've seen him have quite an interesting game. He goes for a lot of buggy chokes. Some things you would potentially class as like low percentage, but he does hit them on high level people. Um, but he has spent a lot of time recently at JT Torres's gym, Essential, um, and we've seen him a lot working on his wrestling and his passing game. So I would say. Kind of the previous game we would have definitely can take out some top guys, but uh, a competition like ADCC, I think you definitely need a more well-rounded game. So we've seen him working on that. So it'll be interesting to see um, how that kind of comes out in the trials. And then the other guy that stood out to me, uh, can definitely pronounce his first name, Fabio. His second name, I'm not too sure. Fabia Christian, maybe. Uh, interesting spelling for it anyway, but he has had a really good year um, last year at Brown Belt. So he got uh, double gold at Nogi Europeans he got gold at Nogi Pan Ams and he got gold at Nogi Worlds and then more recently at Black Belt he got bronze at the uh, Gi Europeans as well so um, obviously that's really impressive resume the past year so be interesting to see him in that division as well and I'm sure as you watch the trials and hear his name called out yeah. through his matches you will better learn the pronunciation but I think you made a good go at it yeah um, okay, so 77, Rennie, Fabiore, anyone else? Um, no, there was two main guys that stuck out to me. Again, there might have been guys that have signed up more recently, but those are the two guys that stuck out to me when I had a look through. That's going to be the part of the joy of watching it this weekend, is seeing yeah. who comes through and getting more names on our radar in the South American region, having seen the emergence of the new sort of like group of young bloods yeah. that are ready to take over from the likes of Tinquino and Cabrinha and Claudio Calasanz and all these guys that had such uh, success at previous EDCCs. So, to reiterate, the IBGF GP is on Thursday. The EDCC first South American trials are on Saturday. We're going to come back after the IBGF Grand Prix Hopefully on Friday, maybe Saturday, with a review of what happened there. And it'll give us a chance to get into some of the other events that are happening this week weekend. In particular, I think you should check out the card for ADXC, which is an event that's happening in Brazil. And there is some serious firepower on that. So it's definitely going to be worth tracking. And then after the ADCC trials... Uh, oh, I keep forgetting Fight Pass. Yeah, yeah. It's a big one as well. Which has got some 
ridiculously big names competing on it. So um, we've got that will also be on our recap show of the IBGJF Grand Prix. We'll have the Fight Pass preview. We've genuinely not forgotten about it, even although I'm doing my best to forget about it. And then, yeah, like I said, some of the some of the smaller events coming up um, on the weekend, we'll get a chance to preview. And then we'll be back probably on Tuesday with a big recap of everything that we've seen, trying to talk about any standout competitors or standout moments that we think you'll get access to that you can watch as well. But for now, the Oracle has spoken. I'm going to try that one again as a sign-off. <laughs>